After 17 people were shot and killed at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas School in Florida, there was a lot of talk about warning signs. Nicholas Cruz, the man arrested for the murders, had behaved erratically, people said. He'd talked about wanting to kill people, and he had tortured and killed some animals, posting photos of the carcasses on social media. If true, Cruz is not unique. Stephen Paddock, the man accused of killing 59 people at a Las Vegas concert, had a history of animal abuse. David Berkowitz, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, Ed Kemper, all murderous psychopaths, and each one started with torturing and killing animals. This is Crime Scene. I'm Jordan Fenster. And in this episode, I'd like to talk not only about how animal abuse and interhuman violence are related, but how law enforcement officials are using that fact to help profile killers, and how it all started with one tiny dog. The FBI started tracking animal abuse cases in 2016, but the connection between animal cruelty and human violence has been well known for centuries. Philosopher Immanuel Kant wrote in the late 1700s, He who is cruel to animals becomes hard also in his dealings with men. We can judge the heart of a man by his treatment of animals. I can remember years ago on the committee that animal advocates had brought this up and we didn't see the value of it at that time. That's John Thompson. Uh, my name is John Thompson. I'm the uh, Deputy Executive Director and Chief Operating Officer for the National Sheriff's Association uh, in Alexandria, Virginia. Law enforcement officer, uh, 15 years as Chief of Police and four years as the Assistant Sheriff um, Prince George's County, Maryland. Thompson, more than any individual, is responsible for successfully convincing the FBI to start tracking animal cruelty. And he's passionate about it. Well, I mean, the whole idea of the try to, to try to do this is over the years, I mean, especially when people go to legislators and they try to, you know, get laws changed and you say, well, we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of people abusing animals. You know, we have serial killers that are, you know, or have killed animals prior to going to humans or these school shooters. For example, the recent uh, shooting in, um, you know, in, in Texas where he shot up the church. It's, uh, you know, proven now and he even admitted that he, you know, that he abused animals and, you know, took target practice at them. So we're seeing that. But when you go to legislators, you try to enact new laws to, to want to protect the animals and to, and to be able to deal with this kind of thing. You know, you don't have any data. Now, let's stop and go back for a second because it's important to understand how strong the connection is between animal cruelty and murder. According to some studies, as many as 50% of mass murderers, serial killers like Ted Bundy, and spree killers like Stephen Paddock and Nicholas Cruz, started out by killing small animals. I mean, almost every school shooter practiced on animals before they shot up a school. I mean, this is, you know, you don't need to have studies and research. It's facts. The news is there. And when you listen to these, when you listen to some of these interviews of the school shooters and the serial killers and they tell you what they did to animals and why they did it, look, you don't need any more proof than that. When you look at animal cruelty, sometimes it's a precursor to even more violent behavior. So um, being able to identify that early on, I think it, it can be really important to, um, you know, trying to prevent that violent behavior later on. That's John Thompson's daughter. 
Yeah, so um, my name is Nicole Parisi. I'm general counsel at the Association of Prosecuting Attorneys. Um, and so we have a animal cruelty like prosecution project. As part of her job, Nikki, as her father calls her, has done some research into the connection between violence against animals and violence against humans. In the um, research that I've done and um, the work that we've done here at APA, it, it's basically like most people who, when you look at some of these serial killers, these very violent people, um, they don't just wake up one day and start their violent behavior for the most part. Um, you know, maybe they get this feeling when they're younger of, well, I want to see something die. Um, and you see some of these, you know, these cases where these kids are like, I just wanted to, to see something die or see what it was like to cut something open. But her father, a law enforcement professional for his entire adult life, didn't see that connection until... It was a light that went off, and I and I have to tell you, all my career as a law enforcement officer over 30 years, I, I was animal neutral. I mean, if if I if there was an animal abuse case, you know, I sent it over to animal control. I didn't see it as as a big problem for me. I, I what happened to me is that I ended up uh, getting a, a, a an, actually a dog from my wife, and I ended up bonding with the dog. So I I realized what that bond was. And, and appreciated the facts of having those animals. At the same time, Nikki was researching and writing about how the two types of violence were connected. When those two things came together for me, I was like, you got to be kidding me. How did I miss this stuff for 30 years? Here's what happened. Thompson's wife was injured. Uh, my wife actually uh, was a, she was a teacher, um, uh, taught autistic children, and she got attacked. It became you know, disabled, and so... Um, you know, the doctor was very cautious about, you know, don't, you know, make sure she's not home alone, make sure that, you know, it's not so she doesn't withdraw on herself. So, you know, my daughter had suggested to get, you know, get her a dog, and I resisted that because I've never had a dog, never owned a dog other than uh, when I was in the military back in the early 70s. I was a canine handler, but we didn't really bond with the dog. You know, we went in, we worked the dog, we went home. We didn't take it with us. If we changed bases, we, you know, we got a new dog. I didn't want a dog, didn't have any interest in a dog. And basically, I got the dog for her. Um, the dog just wouldn't leave me alone. I actually gave it to her and said, here, he's yours, you take care of it. But the dog... Polo, I called him Mr. Poe. Eventually won him over. Several months later, he just wouldn't leave me alone. He kept on. And I, won, I remember the day that really I changed was I was sitting on the couch uh, drinking my coffee one Saturday morning. It was kind of a gloomy day. And he kept coming up and looking at me and just wouldn't leave me alone. I said, okay. You know, we're in, you want to do this, we're doing it. And I took him out, and we went for a walk through the woods for about four or five miles and ended up way away from the house. Uh, and I had to call my wife to come pick me up. Of course, when she came, she was like, what have you done to my dog? If the dog was muddy, I was muddy. Uh, and that, that four or five mile walk with him, showing him how to cross creeks and jump over limbs. And he was just, you know, he was just a small puppy. Uh, we really bonded. And after that day, I mean, we... You know, we became best friends. My life had changed at that point. You should see the photos. Glamour shots of John and Polo together. Polo in a tiny cowboy hat with a little sheriff's star hanging from his collar. The two of them dressed up for Halloween. So I got that bond with the animal, which then opened my eyes to when my daughter sent me an article to read that she wrote. She said, would you just look this over? I want to see. And I read it and I'm going... Nikki, what are you talking about? This is crazy. What do you mean it's the son of Sam and the, 
you know, all these serial killers and, you know, killed animals or tested, tested killing animals before they went there. He was like, what are you talking about? And so after that, I started researching and, you know, I'm up at night, tears running down my eyes, just how many people, not only serial killers, but violent murderers. I mean, uh, it's just, it's amazing that these people, what they do to these animals before they turn on humans. What happened with Polo was it's this first animal he had a real connection with. When he came home, like, Polo didn't care you know, who was around. Like, he wanted to be with my dad. And so having this animal that just loved him so much and he loved the animal so much and he found this, like, piece of when he came home from a stressful day, like, going out for a walk, and then on top of that, kind of seeing this really dark part of our society that someone could hurt an animal like this for no reason um, and do really sickening, like just horrible, horrible things. Um, and I think those two things happening very close in time just opened this whole new world for him and that he wanted to see, he wanted to make a change. Thompson is part of the group of law enforcement officials that recommends what the FBI should monitor and track nationwide. So after a working group, a formal recommendation, and approvals up the chain all the way to the director, Call me. the FBI began to track animal cruelty in 2016. Now, there are still bumps in the road. Since 1930, the FBI has been using the Uniform Crime Reporting Program to track crimes of various kinds, but it's currently transitioning to the National Incident-Based Reporting System, and not all departments nationwide are on the same platform. Not every department reports animal cruelty cases to the FBI, and remember, they started collecting this data less than two years ago. I'm telling you, it's going to be a good five, six years before we really see any meaningful data. Once the data is gathered, Theoretically, investigators have a new pool of potential suspects. If, for example, you have a few murders but no solid suspects, police might look at the list of animal abusers and find someone with a connection. Maybe they live nearby. Maybe the M.O. is the same. As prosecutors, we care about making our community safer. We care um, about getting violence off the streets, and so if you ignore this huge like indicator and, and this big part of it, then you are going to be missing. So many people are going to be falling through the cracks. And it's not just murders. How, looking at how serial killers, um, kind of these famous serial killers started with animals, but, um, you know, and that's kind of exciting and sexy, but when you look at kind of like domestic violence or child abuse, you know, things that are happening every single day, you're seeing that connection between that violence. Thompson talks about it like a paradigm shift, a sea change in the way police protect and serve, the way investigators investigate. Well, it's all from my little guy. Recently, he just passed away, by the way. He passed away um, you know, a couple weeks ago. It's been very hard on me. But if it wasn't for him, I would still be where I'm at today. I mean, I wouldn't have got it. I wouldn't have seen it. Even if my daughter had wrote that article, I'd have probably like, yeah, well, okay, big deal. And the change has been no less profound in Thompson himself. In, you know, the really dark time of losing Polo um, about a month ago, to see 
the people who've reached out to him um, and the impact that not only Polo had on my dad, but because of the impact he had on my dad, the impact he had on so many people, um, it, it really is so heartwarming. Um, and to know that Mr. Poe is going to live on and I know my dad's going to keep fighting, um, you know, for, for this cause. The way Thompson talks, the toughest obstacle is also the most valuable goal. Collecting the data, you see, is only the first step. Then you have to teach compassion to impart the idea that it matters. That data is not worth a hill of beans if the investigator don't see the link between it. If that investigator doesn't understand that animal abuse is related to human violence, they're not going to get it. That what good is that data? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, the fight has to be to educate law enforcement. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, there's just a very few percentage of, of law enforcement around the country that get it today. Thompson, who said he was once animal neutral, talks about it as his life's mission. He regrets not having this knowledge when he was solving crimes and wants to save his fellow police officers from making the same mistake. I mean, the whole dynamics of this this is just amazing. Every day I'm learning something different and how it's all connected and intertwined. And for law enforcement, we have to understand this if we're going to protect our communities. We have to understand it if we're going to protect the people, because if we don't, they're going to be just like me. I mean, I was dumbfounded to it. I wonder, I remember when there was a murder uh, in, in one of the towns that I worked at, and there was also, uh, there were togs and cats that had been killed. I did not relate that. At that time, nobody related that. And I'm thinking, if we had known this back then, how we could have related those the killings of those animals probably could have caught the person that murdered that woman. And I think today that case has never been solved. Again, I've seen this. Unfortunately, I didn't see it when I was on the street. Uh, and thank God I saw it while I'm still in a position to try to get the word out across the country. And so I've pretty much gone on a life mission to make sure that I do everything I can uh, to let law enforcement know uh, about this. Before I go, I'd like to ask you to please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would really help me out. And if you can't wait a month for a new episode, sign up for the Crime Scene newsletter at lohud.us slash crime scene. Every week, I share crime scene photos, new true crime stories, police files, transcripts, in-depth discussions, and more, all delivered to your email for free once a week. L-O-H-U-D dot U-S slash crime scene, all lowercase. This is Crime Scene. I'm Jordan Fenster.